Welcome to Kindly Gifted. I'm your host, Kate Tarantiva, and I can't wait to unwrap the world of influence with you. Every day, your gifted episodes, see what I did there, to help you become fluent in the business of creativity and learn the best kept industry secrets to creating an online presence worth remembering. It's really like having a momager on speed dial. So let's dive into it. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. As always, I'm hopping in here to give you the tea about our guests before you get into the conversation, but this guest really doesn't need an introduction because she holds the top streamed episode on this podcast. Kelly Rockline was previously on episode 38, uh, which is how to become a UGC creator, how to get started as a UGC creator. Um, It is the top streamed episode on this podcast, which I love. So we decided to follow up with a part two. But if you are listening to this and you've never heard episode 38, highly recommend listening to it. But in any case, a little bit about Kelly. Kelly is a full-time creative director for a top 1% Shopify brand where she leads paid media creative strategy. Outside of her work, she's actually a UGC creator who has built her business, UGC Social, you may have seen her on TikTok, to six figures part-time, working primarily with three long-term clients, one of which is a $90,000 contract for 2022. Um, She created UGC Social's TikTok to share everything she knows with the hopes of resetting expectations for the new wave of UGC creators Um, and has actually started coaching as well. So if you are a UGC creator and you've tuned into episode 38 and you're tuning in now for this episode, um, Kelly has also started coaching and providing really cool resources to help you with your UGC journey. So just wanted to shamelessly plug that here. But anyways, enjoy the conversation. This is a follow-up on episode 38, so I highly recommend listening to that as well um, because we're going to be referencing some things that we talked about previously. But enjoy! I'm super excited. We have Kelly on again because the top episode for the show at this current moment is How to Get Started as a UGC Creator, which is episode 38 with Kelly. So you're going to hear a familiar voice. We both decided that it was going to be interesting to have a part two since so much has evolved and changed in the content creation space, specifically UGC. Since you guys love that episode, Kelly is back for another episode. Thank you so much for making time. Oh my God. Of course. Thank you for having me back. It got me really excited knowing that, well, one, the episode is your top downloaded, but two, I know we both have the same train of thought. There have been so many nuances taking place in the UGC space that we really do need to have an episode two and kind of a follow-up to that last episode. Yeah, absolutely. What is something that you are seeing in the industry as it's developing? Because we're kind of entering that space where UGC isn't really trendy anymore, right? There's people that are hopping on and becoming UGC creators, but now the people that were there for the trend are getting weeded out. What are you seeing both... From your perspective as a creative director and somebody who is hiring UGC creators, but also somebody who is a UGC creator themselves, where are we in the UGC space right now? Absolutely. So um, 
the kind of like blowing up of UGC and going mainstream has definitely slowed down. That said, there are kind of like these waves taking place on TikTok specifically where, you know, thanks to videos where <clears throat> coaches are teaching best practices or discussing what they made in the in the month of, you know, January or whatever it might be. Um, there are still, um, I would say, waves of UGC taking off. But that said, like one of the biggest waves was this past summer. And when we actually met for the first episode, I mentioned two things specifically that have greatly changed which is insane because there have just been so many nuances and like when I say nuances it's really just like what is now the new norm and so one thing that I've noticed is that UGC creators are creating TikToks, Twitters, and Twitter accounts and uh, Instagram accounts to be able to market themselves as UGC creators to enhance inbounds. Mm -hmm. So this is something that we discussed in our last episode where I believe I mentioned one of two things. I either at the very least mentioned like, you know, can influencers become UGC creators? And then I had also mentioned, I believe in passing, talking about, you know, like, should you be making a Twitter account? Should you be making an Instagram account? And so those two things have kind of taken place or changed over time, I should say. So specifically, when I talk about UGC creators making Twitter accounts, Instagram accounts, TikTok accounts, it's not to be the coaches, it's to share their portfolio work to be able to enhance inbounds. So if they're looking to reach out to Hero Cosmetics on TikTok, they can share their UGC concepts to their portfolio from their portfolio on their TikTok account and tag Hero Cosmetics if they created a UGC concept inspired by one of their products. And so, you know, very quickly over the past six months, things have just been changing. And similarly, influencers are also now offering UGC as services, and that's completely normal. Um, This morning, I got an article from um, one of my friends who said that uh, influencers are now offering UGC services. 50% 50% more than the year prior. So the wow. year prior, it was only 15% of influencers were offering, and I can send you the link to the study, but influencers were offering, um, only 15% of influencers were offering UGC services, and this year it's doubled. Wow, that's incredible. So yeah, those are some major developments. I actually had a friend ask me about UGC, and we were talking about this earlier, he wants to enter the UGC space and diversify income at another stream. He's a photographer, he's a creator. A question that he had asked me was about portfolios. Like where do you house a portfolio for UGC? One of the things that I mentioned to him is from a brand perspective, I received somebody's like Instagram dedicated to UGC. I could at the very least see concepts. But I also told him, and I'm curious to your opinion here, if somebody is already a photographer or a creative director or a content creator and they have a portfolio already to get industry jobs, is there anything wrong with adding like a tab for UGC work so that then you can send that link to a potential client? Totally okay. And so this goes very much hand in hand with the influencer conversation that we had in our last episode where early on it was kind of like, you know, like how can influencers become UGC creators? Obviously, if you're a larger influencer, it's probably within your best interest to not offer UGC just because it's kind of like the brand figuring out a creative way to use your name and likeness, but not have to pay the influencer rate. And that's kind of a rare exception, right? Like if you're an influencer that charges high five figure, like even six figure brand deals, like you probably 
probably don't want to do UGC just to protect your name and likeness to not water it down. But if you're a micro influencer, if you're under even half a million, um, half a million followers on whatever platform, or if you're an industry expert, you should be offering those services, those UGC opportunities in your portfolio work. And I also wanted to elaborate as well. Even though I mentioned that UGC creators are making Twitter accounts, Instagram accounts, and TikTok accounts to dedicate to their portfolio work to be able to do cold outreach and enhance inbounds by sharing their portfolio work, you should still have your portfolio on a completely different platform outside of showcasing it on social media. So a lot of UGC creators who are new to the space, they use Canva, which is fine. It's very user-friendly. It can make it look very beautiful um, in a very quick fashion, so it's great for for like, you know, someone who's just getting started. But if you have the time and resources, obviously having like a website would be great. Um, but regardless of whether you're an influencer, creative director, photographer, videographer, you should be featuring UGC services in your portfolio because I mean, it's an incredible side source of income. And if you are coming from the industry side of being a creative professional already, that is essentially one of your many unique selling points right. that set you apart from the sea of creators out there. And that's another reason why me as someone that hires UGC creators at the company that I work at full time as a creative director, like that would be an added reason for me to wanna to work with that photographer or that videographer. Yeah, that is definitely a good point. Do you see a larger rise also of industry experts, like creative industry experts entering the UGC space and offering that service? Because I feel like before it was, or especially when UGC became mainstream, a lot of creatives were like, bitch, we've been doing this for fucking how long? Like, cool, it's new to you, it's not new. Do you also see a rise of people that were creative experts that maybe didn't do UGC? Or is it about the same as how it was before UGC? became main mainstream. So I love that you asked that question because it has completely flipped. Specifically, I had a TikTok that went viral two weeks ago and it received over 300,000 views and over 500 comments where I was essentially discussing one of the many forms of UGC services that I offer to my clients. And specifically, I was talking about script reads and the amount of industry experts. I'm talking head of marketing, uh, CMO, you know, paid, head paid, senior paid media manager, you name it from like a, a very professional marketer or creator or creative, I should say, like creative director, art director, etc. The amount of comments I received from these industry professionals saying, I already have like half of this knowledge, whether it's the marketing side or the creative side. I've been in the industry for almost 10 years. How the heck do I do this as a side income? Because this sounds great. <laughs> Wow. So it's, this is amazing. So now, okay, because here's the thing, right? Before you just see what mainstream, the creatives that were participating were like production creatives. So you could get somebody to make UGC for you, but you'd be outsourcing it to like a graphic designer, a videographer, a photographer, somebody that's first thought who can make UGC these people, right? Where they have the technical abilities to do that. But it's interesting to see that there's more art directors and head of marketing, paid media specialists that are like, oh, but I know the strategy side of stuff. So I'm going to enter and sell that. And then maybe I can like take that money and contract a videographer, a photographer to actually shoot the thing. So that's, that's really encouraging. I had a question about the legal side of UGC because I received 
so many questions from people in terms of how does the contract thing work? Do I send them a contract? Do they send me a contract? Is it different from like me being hired as like an influencer? Is it different from me being hired as a creative director? How does the legal side of being hired as a UGC creator? And I know we're not, neither of us are lawyers, but had experience with that. Or is yeah. it different at all? Is it even really that nuanced? So like you said, just like as a legal disclaimer, of course, we are not legal experts. So this is not technically legal advice. However, what I can share is the, um, the, the context to what you're asking. And this is like across the board, like how I normally approach things as a creator and as someone on the brand side. Mm-hmm. For one, whenever I hire a UGC creator, I give them the opportunity to utilize their contract if they have one. And then I say, you know, if you don't have one or you don't prefer to use use yours, we do have one. It's through PandaDoc. And of course, like the agreed upon terms will be featured in this contract. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's just, you know, as a new creator, if you're just starting out and you're like, you know, I don't, some people will hire lawyers to draft a contract. You know, there are lawyers on TikTok that thankfully, you know, they're credible sources and they do offer templates, which I think is awesome and amazing. I personally don't have one to recommend just yet, but that's one of my goals for this year is to be able to find one. Oh, you do. I do. I actually got an email today from a lawyer that I happen to have an affiliate relationship with. So disclaimer, I do make a kickback off of this. She's amazing. I use all of her contracts and she actually just added a UGC creator contract to her template shop. So it actually is made by a lawyer. You don't need to go to some random sketchy person to get a contract. It's called, it's her UGC creator agreement by Nina, the lawyer, and you can use code Kate for 10% off. And I'll also put that in the show notes of this episode for anybody listening that just wants to go straight to the link. Yeah, that is a good one. I'm sure really any other legal expert by now, it probably would have been smart for them to add a UGC contract template to their offerings since like you said many people are on the lookout for that especially if they want to take control of that legal aspect and not rely on the brand to do so so that's very interesting i had another the question i had earlier popped up in my head this was this was something people kept asking me is what are the different types of ugc that i can create for a brand i think the obvious one is a tiktok a reel maybe a YouTube shorts video, but there's other things that you can do as a UGC creator. What are the different services that you Kelly offer or recommend to some of your clients that you're coaching or creators that you're helping out on TikTok? Absolutely. So I'll start with the two categories of UGC from like a vertical standpoint. So there is paid media user generated content, which is content that is launched as an advertisement on Meta, Snapchat, TikTok, YouTube, Pinterest, etc. And so the goal with this UGC creator when creating a direct response driven UGC concept is to create conversions, aka sales for that brand. On the other hand, there is organic UGC. UGC that is created for the brand to launch as an organic post on the brand's TikTok, Instagram, Pinterest, whatever it might be. The goal of the organic social UGC concept, sales comes secondary. The goal is not to create sales from an organic post. It is to create brand awareness and to grow the social account and essentially just grow the brand's presence on TikTok, Instagram, whatever it might be. 
the bane of any organic social UGC creators experience and similar to a social media manager is if the client ever has the expectation of sales to be the priority when really organic social the primary purpose of this is to grow brand awareness and just you know grow that following on the platform so you have two different UGC use cases and for me I come from the marketing side so I'm very passionate about direct response driven UGC that is launched launched as an advertisement whereas there are other UGC coaches out there that speak more to the organic UGC that is essentially like you know building the brand's awareness both are incredibly valuable just totally different marketing plans and I would say end goals um and then outside of you know offering these two services or if you just have one specialty for me I just offer paid media UGC but if you're you know on the fence and you want to offer both you can offer both as your services in your portfolio um outside of that I'm highly pushing or I'm highly recommending and really pushing for UGC creators to include UGC photos into their portfolio and services and this is because Photos are so underappreciated right now when it comes to just being talked about on TikTok and Twitter as like a UGC coach. I've been really trying to bring it to everyone's attention that video is valuable, but that doesn't mean that UGC photos don't work or don't perform just as well. And so the use cases for it with a UGC photo, and when I say UGC photo, it could be a photo of just my hands, you know, if I were taking a photo of it could just be me holding it with my hand. It could be a selfie with the product in like a natural fashion. And so that photo or those photos can be reused and re-optimized for retention marketing. So think for an email, uh, an email thread that's being sent out or an email campaign, I should say, or an SMS campaign. It can also be used on the brand's Pinterest or Instagram account. It can be used on the website. It can be used as an advertisement on Google or Meta or wherever. It can also be turned into a GIF with flashing text on it. The photo itself isn't the GIF, it's just the flashing text. Um, there are a million and one use cases. The brand can use it for their website. Um, so I highly recommend that you include UGC photos into your portfolio as well. And then outside of that, um, I definitely recommend including allow listing, formerly known as whitelisting. So the brand can have the opportunity to run your UGC ads on your Facebook page and on your Instagram page. And if you have a TikTok and you want to do Spark ads, you can also offer that as a service as well. Oh, that's so interesting. There's a lot more to the different offerings, but first I, I guess you would probably recommend for a creator and correct me if I'm wrong to determine, do they want to go the organic route? Do they want to go the paid route? Do they want to do a hybrid and offer organic and paid? Would you say that from there, once you determine that decision, it can then funnel you into the different types of content that are then best appropriate for you to offer to clients, right? Yes, exactly. And I had a coaching call with one of my students yesterday. It was our first call. And that was one of uh, my first questions for her was just based on kind of where she was at in her journey. I realized that she hadn't yet had a portfolio. And so my first question before I started giving portfolio advice was, you know, what kind of content are you looking to create? Are you interested in paid or are you in interested in organic? And by the end of me explaining the two, this woman comes from like an extensive sales background. She's very familiar with like plugging herself into a formula that's proven to work and apply best practices. She was like, oh, I really wanna do paid media because this reminds me a lot of, you know, my overall career as a salesperson. Right. Um, so yeah, you're definitely gonna wanna become uh, or figure out, I should say, what type of you 
UGC content you want to create before you start moving on to the, you know, different concepts or styles that you can offer. That said, I will say that the, the, the concepts that perform really well on the paid media front, they leverage best practices when it comes to direct response marketing, Right. but it's, it's paired with the organic social nuances, the, the, the trends that make that ad feel very native to the platform and make it feel like your friend is recommending you a product. So my recommendation is, you know, if you are looking to get into paid media is to still apply those organic trends, but you're plugging and playing more so with a formula that's proven to create conversions. Right. Whereas from the organic social stand, like, or I should say organic social uh, front, it's less sales driven and you're not following that formula. That's a good tip for people who are trying to decide between the two. In terms of finding clients, we talked earlier about this where people are making Twitters and different social media accounts specifically for cold outreach. Is Twitter working for that purpose? Has it changed from the last time that we spoke in, in terms of how do people find clients? What are some of your recommendations for somebody who is looking to build their client roster as a UGC creator? Definitely. So I don't use Twitter personally for finding clients, but that's just because I'm not actively seeking new clients. That said, based on everything that I've heard up until present day, UGC creators are still finding work on Twitter and are still finding work on TikTok by essentially sharing their portfolio work to enhance the chance of inbounds. Um, outside of being able to utilize I like to call it UGC Twitter. If you don't know what I'm talking about and if you, you are interested in, in finding opportunities on Twitter, create a UGC TikTok, follow my account, UGC Social, and essentially just follow everyone that I follow. And overnight, it's going to transform your feed into, I have a client looking for five creators specifically for this, this, and this. Like, opportunity pays this much money. Like, please comment your portfolio link below to be considered. Yeah. Um, there is definitely still opportunity on Twitter, I will say. Outside of that though, one thing I'm really pushing new creators to get comfortable doing is is actually mastering cold outreach. Yes. I have a newsletter and I came out with an article where I discussed as someone that is a freelancer of almost 10 years and at one point had to do cold outreach and had to get good at it, but also as a full-time creative director who receives anywhere from 50 to 75 email pitches a week from creative professionals, I shared kind of the things to keep in mind when drafting that cold outreach direct message or email. And it emphasizes the importance of essentially doing um, brand market analysis. Right. Because at the end of the day, if you just send a templated email to 50 brands, you'd think the law of averages would be on your side, but if it's not personal, the person reading that email is gonna glance at it and delete it. Because at the end of the day, I yes. only wanna work 40 hours a week as a full-time professional because that's what my salary and my contract covers. And if I'm getting that many inbounds, I'm gonna prioritize the person that drafted an email that pointed out pain points that they could resolve. Yes. Because at the end of the day, when I outsource this work to a, a contractor or a freelancer, it's to solve some sort of pain point or problem. And that's something UGC creators need to keep in mind when doing cold outreach. That's a good tip. There's an episode on this podcast 
And it's 117, cold pitching 101. Listen to that. I It was a personal experience that I struggled through, which is something that you also receive where people just copy and paste a message and send it to you on LinkedIn, through your email, on DM. And it's just like, did you even take the time to understand who you're sending this to? Because when I'm reading it, I'm not reading it to understand more about you. I'm reading it from like, you know, I hate to say it, a selfish perspective and see what is the value of this for me? Is this gonna give me some sort of a return if it's an expert reaching out and they want to work with me in some capacity or help me in some capacity? It's just frustrating that it seems people are still using the templatized option and, oh, well, some coach said that this template's gonna work. You buy the template, but you still have to use your people skills to shape that template into something that when you receive it, Kelly, you're going to think, wow, this person really took the time to understand the company, the clients that we work with, the ROI that we are looking for, the problems that we're looking to solve. This is great. This is amazing. At the very least, I want to talk to them and then go from there. So yeah, either like subscribe to Kelly's newsletter, but also listen to episode 117 of this podcast because that's going to open some eyes <laughs> and hopefully um, give some insight on cold pitching because... I think people hate cold pitching and cold outreach because the receivers have received enough of this that they're like, bye, I'm done, banned. Please don't cold outreach to me. In reality, there's an art to it that you just need to master and understand that there's a person on the other side of that email address that you're hoping to work with and you know, use your people's skills and social skills to relate to that. Exactly. When you say people skills, I mean, it really comes down to basic psychology and it's just like, how can you resolve the pain point that you're bringing to my attention? And for me, I've been practicing brand market analysis when doing cold outreach before I even knew what the heck it was. For me, it was just, how is this person going to be most receptive to me over probably the hundreds of people that are also sending a cold email? And I was, I did a live this morning on TikTok and Someone had commented saying, but that just sounds like too much time with not enough return on investment. And it's unfortunate because I feel like a lot of new creators have that mindset. But something that I really want to emphasize is that when you start doing UGC or commit to building your UGC business, you are entering entrepreneur like 101 or entrepreneurship 101. And it is a crash course. Like you can't just expect to just send these just really templated emails and get a get a response because in the same same situation but for the person receiving the email is you know their time is money right Why do they owe you a response so it really is like it's entrepreneurship 101 and you have to be willing to take the time to do your due diligence it might take you 30 minutes your first few emails but eventually i could audit a brand in 10 minutes to the point where it's enough for me to send an email it's obviously not as detailed as if i were to do a presentation but you get quicker over time yeah for sure i think some people might feel intimidated by the term brand market analysis but it really just translates to imagine yourself in a social setting with somebody you're not just going to immediately start yammering off about something that you don't think they would be interested in or have no knowledge that they would be interested in. So if you wouldn't do that to a person in real life, don't do that to them over email. I think it's like a <laughs> simple best thing to understand, you know? My last question for you is what is one thing that moving forward into 2023 that you would advise UGC creators to take into account or some trends that you're noticing in, in the UGC market moving forward? 
Ooh, very good question. So this is coming from, again, the marketing side. The more, the more your portfolio reflects industry best practices, the better off you'll be. Because at the end of the day, whether it's for paid media or organic social, you need to be able to have a portfolio that showcases best practices. It is becoming much more competitive. And that said, there is going to be so much more room for opportunities. So I don't want anyone to have that limiting mindset of, oh, wow, she said it's going to be more competitive. Like there's going to be less opportunity. No, there's going to be more and more opportunities. Brands are going to want to be A-B testing creators like crazy. So you just want to make sure that your portfolio reflects best practices. And essentially, whether it's organic, social, or paid media, can your video be able to hold that viewer's attention all the way through the video and have them follow through with that call to action, whether it's clicking the link to purchase the product or to click the follow button. It's just really that simple. I think that's also why for creators or successful influencers or YouTubers, it's a lot easier to understand the concept of UGC because you're already competing for attention as a creator for your own page. You're probably already discerning, is this video more so to build a relationship with my existing audience or is this content looking to attract new people or is this content looking to convert them into newsletter subscribers or coaching clients or whatever. Applying that same mindset, I think maybe is why there's such a large influx of even more creators entering the UGC space or using that as an additional income because they're beginning to understand the overlap between the two and maybe without understanding the certain terms or the buzzwords of the marketing side, but being like, oh, but I'm already doing that for my own page or my own content. So I think that's really interesting to call out as well. But yeah, I appreciate you hopping on and chatting a little bit more. Maybe there might be a part three. Shit, since apparently people really love this stuff. Um, but yeah, it's, it's it definitely encouraging to see that more influencers and creators are entering the UGC space. So if you're listening and you've been considering that, definitely check out Kelly's newsletter, maybe some other resources, hop on a coaching call with her to figure out if this is the right thing for you and what side of the industry might be better, whether it's organic or paid. I think it's also helpful to, you know, have your guidance alongside some of these terms and concepts that are a little difficult to understand if you're coming from outside of the marketing industry. Absolutely. And like for free resources, be sure to follow my TikTok. I'm creating a YouTube channel. If you're not able to find my account, just go to my TikTok and follow me. And then there's also a YouTube button just to subscribe. And then outside of that, you mentioned the $5 newsletter, but I'm also granting 25% off of my portfolio audits, my coaching calls, and my UGC starter bundle for anyone that's listening. The code is going to be 25 off so just like OFF in all caps um so yeah I just wanted to say that too um, yeah give a, a thank you for listening and if you want to further your UGC journey with my help please use me as a resource awesome I will link all of that in the show notes below so if you heard that and you're like where's the link you can immediately go and click um and access all these resources as well as the code that Kelly just mentioned which is 25 off thank you so much for coming on for this special little treat for the listeners and I appreciate you and your time as always. Oh my God, of course. It's my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me on again. And who knows, maybe there'll be a third episode. (laughs) (laughs) This is becoming a series. Thank you so much for continuing to listen to the show and for, for making the UGC episode like the most downloaded. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously and 6-1 since that matters. And what do I even say other than, hey, (sighs) well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble 
with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Thanks for tuning in to Kindly Gifted. To support the podcast, please leave a review, share with your friends, and don't forget to subscribe. Make sure you follow me on TikTok at Kate Mob for more creative secrets from the internet's momager. See you on the next episode of Kindly Gifted.